On today's edition of Star Wars The Hyrule Podcast, I'm going to talk about five characters who we already know who I think could appear in the High Republic era. We are also going to talk about Alphabet Squadron and get ready for the new book that is coming out tomorrow. Hi everyone, Corey here. Welcome back to another edition of Star Wars The Hyrule Podcast. Later on in the podcast, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Alphabet Squadron, um, the first book in the trilogy, because we have the second book uh, coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, and I'm going to be covering that for the next couple episodes of the podcast. But first, I thought it'd be fun to do a little uh, speculation about Star Wars The High Republic. Um, As you know, that's why I started this podcast. That's where the name comes from. I was really excited to be covering all of the new books and comics that we were supposed to be getting because I really love that content and uh, I think that it's really fun to explore all of the connections between um, the books and everything else. So that was why I began this podcast and then a few weeks ago we got the sad news that this is going to be delayed um, into January. It was supposed to be starting about six weeks from now with the first book in the series. So um, at, when they made that announcement Lucasfilm said you know we're going to be having a bunch of reveals over the next several months to kind of keep people interested in it and so I think that pretty soon we'll probably start getting some additional art um, maybe some excerpts uh, interviews behind the scenes stuff um, I do think that they will want to keep the interest in this project alive and not let it die out um, in the extra you know six months or so I guess more like four and a half or five months that they are delaying the project. So, you know, there's going to be some news coming out um, over the next few months and um, certainly more news than it seems like we would have gotten had they gone with their original publishing date and probably would have just kind of dove right into things. So um, I figure that before we start learning more concrete details about the material, it would be fun to do some speculation. And one thing that I've been thinking about is which characters that we already know might be likely to show up um, in the uh, in in this new era. We know that the High Republic era takes place about 200 years before um, the events of The Phantom Menace, and that was a lot less time than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought that we were going to be going back farther than that. I think the rumors were saying something like 400 years. So as soon as they said 200 years, I was kind of wondering, you know, is there is there some specific reason why they chose not to go back farther? Um, you know, is it just a story point that that's when they wanted the the Republic and the Jedi to kind of hit their peak and they wanted the fall of the Jedi Order to be, you know, relatively soon thereafter? Um, or, you know, does it connect in some other way to all of the Star Wars content that we already know where they wanted to... Um, you know, be able to to have some closer tie-ins to the story. Of course, some of that could be characters, um, although I think that, you know, with a limited number of characters who could be in play, I don't think that that's too likely. I think that maybe, it, you know, it could be true that they wanted to connect um, fairly closely with with some of the events that take place, um, and I'm going to get to that in, in a little bit with one of my suggestions for characters we may see. Um, so, you know, I don't I think that they are very intentionally trying to explore a new period and new characters, new everything. But I also think that there, you know, there are some characters who are very likely to see and some who could be interesting, you know, if they came in at the right time um, for us to see that I wouldn't mind seeing more of, even though I don't need to see more of them. Um, I also I really hope that this, you know, era has 
a lot of new planets and ships and force abilities. I want things to be new, so I don't want to kind of give the impression that I think we need to go back and revisit every, you know, character and, and everything. Um, same thing goes for families, you know, like we, we could see more of the Skywalker family, you know, they, they were around, Shmi's family was around. Um, we could see more of, you know, possibly um, the Palpatine family. We could see his, uh, you know, ancestors, they supposedly he's from a well-connected political family that was well-established in both um, Legends and Canon. Um, we could see more of the Tarkin family. That's another powerful family. Uh, in Legends, the Valorum family went back, you know, thousands of years with their political connections. So we could see more of that. And I think that could be fun um, at some point, but I don't want them to overdo it. Um, so anyway, here are the couple characters that I came up with who we could potentially be seeing. Um, the most obvious is Yoda. I think it's almost inevitable that we're going to see Yoda in this, because at this point in time, Yoda w was about 900 years old when he died, so he would have been, uh, you know, about 700 or um, something something around there during the, the High Republic period. Um, definitely, we know that he would have been a Jedi Master. We don't know if he would have been the, um, the you know, the, the High Jedi Master, or if they even had kind of a leader of the Jedi Council. We don't even know if there was a, a Jedi Council, although I think they may have even mentioned that in some of the, you know, early promo stuff that we've gotten so far. Um, but I do think that it would be almost inconceivable that Yoda wouldn't come up. I, I think he could play various levels of importance because maybe at this point in time he has some particular role that isn't exactly front and center. Maybe he's off, you know, he, he's he's hundreds of years old. Maybe he's off on a hundred year um you know, uh, mission or, or, um, uh, like a sabbatical or, or something like that, where he's not going to play a central role, but I do think it would be almost impossible for them not to introduce us to him. So number one, in terms of likelihood and just like how much sense it would make is Yoda. I, I don't personally need to get a ton of Yoda and I would rather he not be in charge of the Jedi because I would rather see what the Jedi Order was like under someone else. Um, but I do think that it's almost inevitable that we will get Yoda at some point, maybe not right away, hopefully not right away, so that we can get to know these new characters. But I do think he's going to show up. Number two on my list, very closely related, is Yaddle. So Yaddle, you may remember from the High Council, um, the Jedi Council rather, uh, in The Phantom Menace, we see Yaddle. She is a, um, you know, s s female version of Yoda's species. And the only example of Yoda's species that we've ever gotten until The Mandalorian came out with the child, commonly known as Baby Yoda, um, kind of stealing the show um, with his appearance there. Now, I actually think Yaddle could be a little bit more interesting than Yoda because we already know so much about Yoda, not his backstory or any of that, but, you know, George Lucas always intended for Yoda's backstory and origin and species to be a mystery, so I don't necessarily need more backstory. In terms of his personality and character traits and that kind of stuff, we know a lot about Yoda, so I think it would be even more interesting to learn more about Yaddle. She died um, before the start of the Clone Wars in a mission um, and so we really don't have anything about her in canon material, and it would be great to learn more about her. Whether or not they have any connection to Baby Yoda, you know, I, I don't think that Yoda and Yaddle are um, the parents, and... Um, so I don't think that Yaddle would have anything directly to do with Baby Yoda. Um, but just in terms of another character who would have been certainly alive during this period, who um, 
is in a way a totally new character. She's not someone who we know anything about. She didn't have any lines in the film. She only appeared in one film in a couple of scenes, and we haven't really gotten much um, canon material on her either. So she would be a, someone who I would find kind of more interesting to see than Yoda since we already have gotten so much time with him. So number two on my list is definitely Yaddle. And I would say I don't want to set myself up for failure and I have not like I don't have high expectations for like any of these characters but Yaddle would probably be the one who I'll be saddest if we don't see just because it seems like as a Jedi who would have been um you know at, at a prime age to be a Jedi master during this period um it would be strange again like for us not to to see her and I, I'm really curious to learn a little bit about her and see what she was like. Number three on my list would be Jabba the Hutt. Jabba was 600 years old when he died, so he would have been about 400 years uh, old during this period. I think that it would make a ton of sense for us to see the Hutts um, in this story. We know that the main antagonists, um, at least at the start of the High Republic um, content, are going to be a group called the Nile, which are kind of like space pirates. So I do think that, you know, having a crime family like the Hutts um, would make a lot of sense. Now, of course, there are a lot of Hutts who could be in here who um, are, you know, to various degrees known among the fandom. Um, and so it could be any number of the huts that we've encountered, uh, or of course, none of the huts. Um, but if there were, was going to be a hut, obviously Jabba is the best known um, and one who it would make sense to see. I would kind of like to have the huts at least mentioned. Um, I think that would be fun. I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time with them, um, but it would definitely, to me, make sense in keeping with the story. You know, if, if a big part of this is going to be about... Um, about this kind of crime, you know, uh, group. The other thing that would be interesting is that the Huts have so much control over the um, Outer Rim in the era of Star Wars storytelling that we know. And so far, what we know about the High Republic era is that this was a point where a lot of um, Outer Rim planets were very... Um, poorly connected to the rest of the galaxy. So it would be interesting to see, like, you know, are, are the Huds already out there and they're even in greater control? And, you know, Tatooine, like, when we saw it and it was, you know, under control um, of the Huds, but, like, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a Republic presence, certainly a little bit of an Imperial presence. Like, were things even more extreme at this point? Or were the Huts not in power at this point? Did maybe during these events, the Huts were able to come in and take over some of these planets? So that could be kind of interesting um, to see. Um, number four on my list is Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata is, um, the, I think, the oldest Star Wars character, at least like sentient character, that we've got in the um, new canon material. Maz is over a thousand years old. Um, we don't know her exact age. We know she's been running her, her cantina, her castle, for over a thousand years. So um, she could be considerably older than that, but we know that she's at least a thousand Maz is another character who I feel like I would not mind seeing just because we really don't get much of her story uh, in the films. You know, we she's introduced, um, I think, as a pretty interesting character in The Force Awakens. She gets only a tiny, useless cameo in, in um, Last Jedi. And then in Rise of Skywalker, you know, it's almost sad how much she's been regulated. And, um, I uh, regulated. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Relegated? I don't know. 
I'm, I'm, it's really hot here and I had to turn the air conditioning off in order to record this. So my mind isn't quite working. Um, but Maz is a character who I think, uh, we could definitely stand to like learn more about. She also has kind of an interesting, um, place where she's very force sensitive and in a deleted scene from the force awakens they had maz um actually uh like lifting rocks to kind of prevent um a tunnel from collapsing i think and so you know she's supposedly very strong in the force um so she could be a powerful ally to the jedi during this time on the other hand she is considered to be kind of a pirate herself so um you know she could I, I I mean, I obviously wouldn't expect her to be on the, the side of the pirates here, but she could be, you know, um, maybe maybe her castle is a, a place where they're passing through or something like that would would make a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, again, like I don't I don't want it to be needlessly done where she's just thrown in there for nothing. Um, but I do think that uh, unlike Yoda, Maz is a character who we really haven't spent much time with, who it would be nice to learn a little bit more about her story. Um, now there are a couple characters who I looked into and ruled out from being on this list. So, um, Chewbacca is probably just about 20 years too young to be in this, uh, story. And that's one where I'm actually happy that we won't be able to see Chewbacca if that's the case, because, um, I love Chewbacca. I really love him, but he's been, you know, a consistent presence throughout, um, the original and the sequel trilogies. And I just feel like he, especially, you know, like, let's say they, uh, you know, fudged the numbers a little bit and Chewbacca was a kid. I don't really need to see like a 10 year old Chewbacca. <laughs> um, I think Chewbacca's had a very important role in galactic history. And I don't think that he needs to have been involved in this big intergalactic conflict and played a significant role that merits a, a part in the story, um, you know, at this point in time, um, as a, as a 10 or 12 year old, I just, I don't think that that's necessary. So I will be, um, kind of upset if they end up stretching the numbers to randomly throw Chewbacca in. There could be other Wookiees certainly that we've seen. Um, that would make a lot of sense because if, you know, a, a Wookiee was say 50, 60, 70 years older than Chewbacca, then that would have been an adult Wookiee during this time. Um, so that would make sense. But, um, but Chewbacca, it seems like just missed the cut for, for being alive during this High Republic period. Another person that I was thinking about, and don't ask me why, I think it was just because um, I was trying to think of, of like other Star Wars species that look like kind of crusty, old, um, weathered creatures like Maz Kanata and Jabba the Hutt who maybe have long lifespans. One person I thought of was Hondo Onaka, and so I looked it up, and in Legends, we quite only live to be about 90 years old. Um, so definitely Hondo would, would be nowhere near um, alive at this point in time. Um, I'm surprised that we quite only live to be 90, because to me, they look like turtles without a shell, and so I would have thought that they lived a lot longer than that. Um, but no go on, on him either. So that was another one. And in my research, kind of searching online um, for articles, you know, the, the species that I had come up with on my list for long living species were pretty much the ones that other people have come up with when they've made lists about, you know, longevity of, of Star Wars species. Um, another one on the list is the Sarlacc. So <laughs> Sarlacc lived to be, I think, thousands of years. I mean, they take a thousand years to just digest a meal. So um, yay to the Star Wars, um, to the, the Star, the Sarlacc pit. Oh my God. To the Sarlacc pit still being around on Tatooine if we choose to visit Tatooine. Um, 
but yeah, I could not find many other species that are known to live um, this long, although I'm sure that there are some and we just don't know about their, their long life. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, my last character on my list for someone who we could see, this is total speculation, and I don't even know if I want it to happen. I'm just saying that it could, would be Darth Plagueis. So let me explain why. Um, we do not know Darth Plagueis's species. Um, that has not been revealed in canon so far. Um, and we know that he was obsessed with, uh, trying to live, um, uh, you know, forever. That was his obsession. And that was, um, how Darth Sidious was able to seduce Anakin to the dark side, um, was telling him that, you know, his master had been studying how to live forever. So, you know, if Plagueis had been succeeding, um, maybe not in living forever, but had been succeeding in, uh, succeeded in prolonging his life, um, then it would make sense if maybe he had, you know, lived for a considerably long time, um, by the time that we, uh, uh, you know, now that we met him, but that we, we start our period with, with, uh, the Phantom Menace, which is presumably right around the time when he died, since that was the time where, um, Darth Sidious claimed Maul as his apprentice, thus passing on the rule of two. So it hasn't been confirmed exactly when he's died, um, in canon, um, but that is, you know, what most people think. Um, so the, um, the, th in in the legends material, uh, we know that Darth Plagueis was um, quite old. Uh, he was over a hundred years old when he died. Um, I think that maybe that was partially due to his you know dark side um, powers. Um, it was also due to his uh, race. So he was a um, moon. I think, or is it Mune? I think it's pronounced Mune, M-U-U-N. Um, and uh, this species um, could live to be over 100 years old, even when they weren't seeking everlasting life. So um, he could definitely uh, have been um, have been around, um, only because we don't know his species, right? We have no idea what species Plagueis is in the new canon. So it's certainly possible. And I think between that and between the fact that he was looking to live forever and had at least made some progress because Darth Sidious was able to use the knowledge that he had in cloning and all of that to um, to come back from the dead, essentially, um, it's totally possible that Plagueis um, could be alive. And, you know, I, I like... It does seem like a stretch and kind of a weird way to go with things. Um, but on the other hand, the fan base has been clamoring for Darth Plagueis so much. Like, how cool would it be um, if we met a much younger um, version of him um, during this period and, you know, came to learn that a random character introduced in the books actually was uh, Darth Plagueis and was, you know, working kind of behind the scenes, um, unbeknownst to the Jedi, kind of pulling the strings with some of the drama that's unfolding during the High Republic period. I think it's really unlikely, but I thought it would I would throw it onto my list. Um, another person who could have been on the list is Snoke, but I don't think that he uh, looks old enough to have been, um, you know, I mean, he was cloned, so... I guess, you know, he could, the original, whatever Snoke was, could have been thousands of years old. We don't know, but it's just, I think that there are too many, um, there, there's a lot of, like, bad taste left in the mouth of fans from Snoke, and, uh, I don't know that he has much of a background to explore. 
Unless, of course, Snoke is Darth Plagueis um, and, you know, is a clone of Darth Plagueis, in which case it fits in um, with my with with, you know, Darth Plagueis having been around for a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it would be really fun to have a crazy connection like that. I don't think it's at all realistic, um, but it did occur to me. And so I thought I would uh, throw it onto the list. But that's it from 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 my list. Um, those were the only characters, you know, as far as like major characters who I could really come up with, especially because I wasn't able to find too many other species that live that long. Um, so I'm kind of relieved on the one hand because I don't want there to be a lot of, you know, the same things coming back from content that we've already gotten. I'm going to do another um, another. Uh, podcast on planets and locations that I would like to see, um, both things that we've already seen and, uh, and new things that I would like to see. Um, so, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about that on a future issue, but I think that with planets, I'm a little bit more open-minded. I would like it to be at least 50% new planets, but I would be perfectly fine seeing some planets, especially like Coruscant, you know, presumably is still the capital. So I think we can expect to spend quite a bit of time there. And although I kind of feel like Tatooine is, is done to death, especially because it really is a, a boring place. <laughs> if you, if you take away all of our like emotional attachment to it. Um, but it, Tatooine would make a lot of sense just as an outer rim world that was kind of newly coming uh, into contact with the rest of the galaxy at this point. So I can kind of see how it makes sense, even though I certainly don't need to see it. Um, I I could see it fitting into the story. But anyway, I'm going to save that for another day. Today, I just wanted to talk about characters. Um, and, um, you know, of everyone on this list, I think that the order that I, I said them in was roughly in the order that I think it's likely. Um, I wouldn't say it's the order that I most want to see them, um, because I would just flip if Darth Plagueis was somehow alive and we learned who he is and all about him during this period. <laughs> so I think he's the least likely, but maybe the one I'm most excited for. And aside from that, I would say Yaddle and Maz. I'm excited to potentially see more of them. Um, Yoda, I'm like fine with. I love Yoda. I don't need to see more of him, but I can't see how they would do it. And then the huts are just kind of, you know, a throw. So, um, yeah, anyway, I hope that you've enjoyed, uh, listening to some of my speculation. Um, I will definitely be posting on social media about this and see if anyone else has any ideas, things that I've missed. I'm sure that there are lots of other, um, characters and species who could be around that I'm not thinking of. So I'll be curious to see what others have to say, but anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I just want to do a little quick, um, summary of where we are in the alphabet squadron, um, story, just to kind of refresh all of our memories. Um, if you haven't read the book, uh, you know, I don't know that the second book and my conversation of it is going to interest you too much. Hopefully it will either way. Um, so, you know, this might be a good summary if you're not planning to read the first book just to hear what it was about. And if you have read it and you want to kind of refresher before we start reading the new book, um, then stick around and we'll do that right after the break. So Alphabet Squadron basically is the story um, of a fighter squadron in the very early days of the New Republic. Uh, they are under the command of um, Karen Aiden, who is a New Republic intelligence um, officer. So they're, they definitely exist outside of kind of the main fleet. Um, they're called Alphabet Squadron because they have a ship, um, uh, each each 
ship in the squadron is different and they're, you know, represent all pretty much of the letters, um, the lettered ships that we have uh, from the, you know, originally Rebel and now New Republic fleet. So we have an X-Wing, an A-Wing, a Y-Wing, a B-Wing, and a U-Wing, um, which definitely is cool. And to me, I thought that it really, like, it reminded me of, like, you know, my my own little, like, squadron of, of toys as a kid, you know, because you never had like five X-Wings or five A-Wings or whatever, you always had kind of one of each of a bunch of different scattered things. And um, so I, I kind of liked uh, that it it almost reminded me of like a toy box kind of scenario. Um, anyway, Erica Quill is kind of the main character. She is a former Imperial who gets recruited um, to lead the squadron. And she has, you know, a, a group of kind of like misfits that, that are part of the squadron with her. Um, I'm not going to get into who each of the characters are. I honestly, I I don't find the characters to be super memorable. I do think that um, you know this this book is by Alexander Freed. Um, he wrote the um, the tie-in novel for the first Battlefront game, um, and I I really hated that novel. It was the only Star Wars novel that's come out in the new canon where I really just couldn't pay attention to it, could barely get through it. Um, I, I did not find the characters to be interesting. I couldn't keep anyone straight. Uh, it's probably partially because, you know, he really writes more of like military science fiction, which typically is not my my thing. I used to love reading all of like the Starfighter kind of novels when I was a kid. And I don't know if I've just lost my interest in it or if those novels weren't as um, like military E as as these are, um, but you know, I I thought this book was a big improvement over over the Battlefront book, but I still I didn't leave with like strong impressions of of the characters. I really did like the kind of political part underlying this, um, the strategy, like learning more about where the galaxy is and how the fight against the Empire went. Um, all of that I thought was really interesting. Like the book starts out and they're kind of at almost like a prison but the, the people can technically leave it's it's where all of the ex-imperials are brought and then they can either stay and receive kind of treatment and wait to get a pardon and kind of like a new assignment um and like clean documents or they can choose to take off and then they basically leave with you know a mark um on their on their record um and so uh it's it's almost like a you know like a prisoner camp except um and kind of a more <laughs> progressive um new republic style um and so i thought that was really interesting learning all about that um but i just don't find a lot of the the actual like fighting part of it to be particularly my cup of tea but anyway um you know she is the the main character um Erica Quill is and uh is the leader of of the squadron um basically the whole first book is about them chasing down Shadow Wing which was kind of an elite imperial force that survived um after uh the fall of um of the emperor um they are working on a mission under under their leader who is um known humorously as grandmother um she's shakara nares um she is also one of the characters in the tie-in um no pun intended the the tie-in comic series um 
TIE fighter. Uh, and so um, we get to see kind of a lot of her um, in that uh, comic series as well. And um, she basically is trying to help reestablish the Empire here at a time where there's a lot of infighting, um, a lot of struggle for control. Um, she's trying to kind of give them a foothold. And so um, Alphabet Squadron is trying to track them down. Um, at the end of the first book, um, Shakara Nares, um does um, die and they suffer um, a loss, but, you know, the rest of Shadowing, um, I, I guess, you know, escapes. Um, and we end the book with something that I didn't really totally um, <laughs> see coming, um, which is that a character who we've been following throughout the whole book and don't really know what his connection is to the rest of the story, um, but it's clear, you know, there's a lot of foreshadowing that he, of course, has some role. Um, he is um, Soren Keys, who was um, part of Shadowwing, one of the leaders of Shadowwing, um, had kind of left the Empire and tried to just go off and and do his own thing and, you know, is kind of presented as, like, not not a bad guy just trying to get the past behind him and forget that. Um, New Republic agents come after him and he ends up getting, um, you know, having to kill them and and decides that as long as the New Republic is around, he's never going to be uh, free. He can't just, you know, he's too high profile. He, he, he's too feared. He played too big of a role for them to just let him go. Um, and he doesn't want to go to prison. So he decides that he's going to go back and, um, and help Shadow Wing in their mission. So that's kind of where we leave off, more or less, for just a real quick synopsis. Um, I don't know much about the new book. I always try to avoid reading the excerpts and stuff that gets published um, because I I just want to be surprised and read things for the first time um, in the book. So I really don't know what to expect out of the second book, except that I, I think it'll be largely a continuation of the same mission. I think that we'll still see the squadron acting largely independently because that's kind of how they're set up. They're, you know... Um, kind of intentionally uh, a little bit more of a, um, you know, a covert group um, that aren't operating in the in the main kind of um, fleet. And uh, so I think that we will continue to see them kind of on their own mission. Um, one of the biggest uh, tying characters that we've gotten so far in this series is Harrison Dula from Rebels, who I adore. Um, she's also going to be appearing in the... Um, in the upcoming Star Wars Squadrons video game, um, which I'm really excited to see her there. And so I'm sure she'll have another role here. Aside from that, there hasn't been a lot of tie-in with a lot of kind of big um, characters from the Star Wars universe. And I think that's fine because it wouldn't, you know, like th this group is supposed to be kind of operating at the margins of the New Republic. So it wouldn't really make sense for them to have to be running in regularly with, with Leia or, um, Mon Mothma. Um, so I don't know if we'll see much more of that, um, like in terms of, of connections to other, um, to other characters. I think that the story is kind of standing on its own and I would rather get the characters that are there more, more developed. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think that these books will probably end sometime around the Battle of Jakku, um, because that would just make sense, um, that, you know, their, their story would kind of, um, come to be completed when the Empire basically, you know, um, went away. I don't think that they would 
continue their story um, past that point. Uh, you know, we know that there are remnants of the Empire for at least several years thereafter because we see them in the Mandalorian um but i think that that this story will probably conclude sometime around around that so um yeah so that leaves quite a bit of of time you know and and stories to be explored so um we'll see anyway the book comes out tomorrow um i'm going to be listening to the first uh several chapters and probably release a podcast on friday to um talk about it and um and jump into the first part of the book um as you probably know from listening i don't like to rush through star wars books um or any books really for that matter i like to take them slow and i think it makes for a better podcast because if you want to pick up the book and read along you don't have to be rushed either or worry about spoilers um i'll probably take three podcasts podcast to go through um, the whole book and share my thoughts along the way. Um, so if you want to pick that up and read the first few chapters, or if you don't want to read the book and you just want to hear, you know, uh, a free summary of the book and discussion, then you can do that too. Um, but in any case, um, probably maybe on Thursday, more likely on Friday, I'll give myself an extra day to read and um, I'll be out with some new content exploring it. So anyway, thanks for listening as always to Star Wars The Hyrule Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and I will talk to you later in the week on the next episode.